Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 The Committee of 13 sat in that room in Grapevine, Texas, and they brought them out. The CFP rankings are here. CJ joined me, WAP Committee group of college football aficionados join us during the season but it's time to bring them out and bring them out the cfp rankings are finally out let's talk about them here on the porch cj we're uh we're to the final we're to the final one man um we've literally only got one more of these to go and it's the big one on sunday how are you uh how you feeling about what we saw tonight anything anything earth shattering anything you really kind of want to gripe or complain about no i mean it's kind of tough to complain i think it kind of went you know maybe maybe as we you know kind of assumed it would um I, only real thing i would have done different um i feel like old miss and baylor i would have put ahead of ohio state um you know, just eye test wise. Um, but I'm, especially with the way Ohio state was, you know, was dominated on Saturday. Um, you know, Baylor wins with a backup quarterback and you drop them. Like, it's kind of like, Ugh, I'm not so sure that that didn't sit completely well with me, but I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think you can sit here and call it a massive, you know, Right. slight or anything but i mean that that was about the only thing i saw that i was just like kind of perked my ears like ooh, uh, you know i i thought everything else pretty much flowed to what i thought it would you know michigan at two bam at three and and cincinnati at four with obviously you know georgia number one cj i'm gonna say this though real quick just based off eye test just based off of what i've seen this year man i don't know why bam is three I know Nick is Nick. I know Alabama's Alabama. <laughs> but man, let's be honest. What we've seen from them the last month is not number three in the nation quality. Who's played better? Oklahoma State or Bama? I don't think there's any competition really the last month. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma State's defense didn't um put up the the typical stellar performance they've been putting up the last month, but also in that second half when they had to have them and they were down nine, you know, what about mm, nine minutes to go in the third quarter, they shut them down the rest of the way and gave themselves a chance to win that football game. And they came up big at the end after they gave up a 51 yard run to Caleb Williams. I mean, Bedlam's going to be Bedlam, right? But Oklahoma state, uh, I think is a little underrated at three compared, comparative to Bama, Bama being there. But reality of it is Bama, if they win, they're going to be in any way, and it's not really going to matter. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> I would agree with you on that. Um, but I mean, you know, Alabama still still with you know that that game against Georgia on Saturday. Um, if you're Oklahoma State, you know, and Georgia takes care of business, and you take care of business against Baylor, you're in. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be any real question on that. Um, the the only trip up for the the pokes would be as if Alabama 
finds a way to beat Georgia, then you might have a little bit of trepidation because I got a feeling in that case, unless it's an absolute curb stomping, Georgia's going to still find their way. Yeah, I mean, and CJ, I don't, I don't think you're wrong in that in that in that assessment. What I would say though is let's just you brought it up, so let's kind of let's kind of talk about that quick scenario there. Alabama beats Georgia on Saturday. In a curb stomping situation, Georgia moves out of the poll in the top four. I I would think like if, what if are they we talking get... here? Like I mean, they've been so good all year. Like yeah, what I mean, I'm saying they is beat them like forty two to ten or something. Like what what makes them not be in the what makes them not still be in the playoff? Yeah, I I think it would have to be a game kind of kind of similar to Michigan Ohio State where you see one team is just fully dominant. Um. And I, I think then you might see Georgia fall out of it. Um, it's simply just because I think it's going to be tough to, you know, keep, rationally keep them in it because I, I can understand you'll be like, well, they only have one loss. Yeah, but now we've reached that point in the year where if you lose, it should matter a lot more than, say, mm-hmm. September. Like, this is the point of the year where I, I, I don't feel bad for you if you lost you lost you screwed it up you you got to a point now where the games are much bigger and they mean more okay to me to me that's how i feel that's how i've always viewed it i know some other people view it differently you know kind of like michigan ohio state years ago where they played in the rivalry game and then a month later they played for the national title again or people were clamoring for that like we we already saw it you you lost by right right okay i mean that that's my only feeling is is once you get into late November, losing now should matter more than if you tripped up in September. Oh, absolutely! I think timing of a loss is is crucial. I mean, you know, they always talk about the NCAA tournament last ten, you know, games was kind of a barometer and something they used, right? Um, get where you're going there, CJ. But. I would say with Georgia being as dominant as they've been all year, that resume to me would still speak to being a team that probably should should be in the playoff. Um, probably, which, but which, I, which, I, I think it's all hypothetical at this point because I don't think either one of us see Georgia losing to Alabama. Right, it's hypothetical, but it's also a possibility. I mean, it's Alabama, it's Nick. Uh-huh. Um, Let's if they can find a way to protect Bryce Young, they've got a shot. We'll talk more about that on Pick'em, though. Um, because man, I want to get into a little bit more of some of these scenarios here, CJ. Something else I want to bring up Cincinnati, right? Still sitting at four. How are they feeling? Do you think they feel a little uneasy about the possibility there of a Bama upset of Georgia and then an Oklahoma State win over Baylor? I mean, Cincinnati's got to be kind of sweating a little bit right now, right? Yeah, I, I think you do sweat a little bit, especially some of the comments made by the committee chairman. Um, basically, I'll hit you with those, CJ. I didn't get to listen. I had to run to a practice. So what, what, what was said? Basically, kind of in a nutshell, is the way he made it sound was three, four and five. What there wasn't a whole lot of distinction. Like there's a lot of people in the room that like Alabama and Oklahoma States wins more than they do Cincinnati's wins. And which Cincinnati has one win right now. True. They might get a second on Saturday. 
True. So, but I mean, I, I, I think you're nervous if you're Cincinnati, but I think, and Luke Fickle, I think has done kind of the right aspect in this and the way he's approached it is, is we're going to handle what's in front of us, which for them is Houston. Get to 13 and 0 and then just kind of let the chips, you know, fall where they may. Because, um, I mean, that's all they can do. But yeah, if I was a Cincinnati fan, I'd be a little little nervous about where they sit but <clears throat> here's the other thing too is let's let's say they go 13 and 0 something cr- crazy happens and they get left out of this thing the noise to expand this thing to 12 it's going to happen sooner rather than later and they're already talking about it i think a 13 and 0 Cincinnati team getting left out pushes them to get it done 2 years ahead of schedule <laughs> great but i mean and cj that's awesome because I think we all want to see more teams, but I don't want to see it go down that way, though. Oh no, that, because, that, that's that's my thing. And here's we, the reality we, of it: it does Desmond Ritter and Luke Fickle in this 2021 version of Cincinnati no damn good to be sitting at home if they're 13 and 0. You know, all great, you get to play in the Peach Bowl again. You know, I mean that does them no good, does them no services. So what? It expands the playoff a little bit. They're going to be in a power conference next year anyway. So like. For them, it, it doesn't help. and No, it doesn't. <clears throat> um, that's like not said, a consolation I, prize they want, buddy. I promise you that. No, I, I, I don't think it is. I just I, – I don't see a scenario where if they beat Houston, and unless Oklahoma State wins in a really dominant fashion and Bama sneaks out a win against Georgia mm-hmm. – then, then I think you have some pause there, but I mean that's, that that's that that's two dominoes CJ, falling but, but against those, you, and that that's two dominoes that very easily could happen. Although at the same time, you know Oklahoma State could lose to Baylor, and Alabama could lose to Georgia, and then they're sitting there in Cincinnati's three playing Michigan with a chance of maybe playing the national championship, and Notre Dame sneaks into the damn thing. So I mean. Granted, the dominoes could fall against them either way, and the dominoes are set up in, where they are in the middle domino of the three, right? I mean, it's yeah, and 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 I wouldn't be so quick as to say Notre Dame slides in there if some chaos happens. Well, let me ask you: this, there was some more if chaos. Com- chaos were... happens. Yeah, who does there... fall in instead of Notre Dame? I don't know because the comments that came out of the committee room about that were is is that they are very much paying attention to coaches that have left um and oh, how that did they really mention that yeah and how that pers- and how that plays into the perceived matchups then now is brian kelly officially not coaching the bowl game yes they know even if they got the playoff notre dame is not allowing him to be a part of it correct um their hmm. ad or president uh jack swarbuck oh, swarbuck came yeah. out um they are not naming an interim they are just going to let the coaches continue to serve in the capacities and roles they are, but Brian Kelly is no longer there. So leave it to Notre Dame to basically try and do this the stupid way. I mean, they literally sabotaged themselves, it sounds like, out of a playoff berth there. Yeah, because they haven't named an interim, which is the dumbest thing in the world you could possibly do because, granted, yeah, you've got some time. You don't play again until whenever your bowl game is, but who's the guy wearing the big headset, making the big calls and doing the clock management stuff. Bring back Charlie Weiss. Sounds like a good idea, right? I mean, they're technically still paying him. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So you're saying Notre Dame is not going to get in then because of those comments. 
If, so if that, Ohio that's the, State? I mean, come on, really? I, like, I don't. And there's no way you're going to get a third SEC team in an old Miss. So does Baylor, like, can Baylor make that move from number nine all the way up? Yeah, I don't know. See, that's where things can get really interesting. And maybe they do slide Notre Dame up just because brand, um, they will travel, maybe. I, I, I don't know. That's where it could get really interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, is Oregon sitting there maybe at an 11-2 and two Pac-12 champ with the win over Ohio see, State? Now has that, two losses. If they put a hurting on Utah, avenging one of their losses, and they still have that loss of Stanford there that just like makes you puke. And I don't know how you can get over that one though. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. But to me, that would be the one, the one thing they would do. But I mean, that'd be a huge jump. I mean, you're talking about going. Well, Oregon would have spots. to dominate. They would absolutely have to put it on Utah, avenging that loss to make that happen. They, they don't win that game 27 to 20 and, and sneak into the playoff. No, probably no. You're Rose Bowl bound at that point and happy about it. Yeah, no, most definitely. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could get – I mean, obviously, where it's set up to still get a little squirrely. I tend to think it won't. Um, I think Georgia's going to handle business, and obviously we'll get more into that into the pick Um, You know, Cincinnati should be able to take care of business, where it could get really but, interesting. But, but that's also let's, – let's go ahead and say this, though, real quick. I mean, I know you're saying just kind of rubber stamping Cincinnati, but I'm going to say this. They didn't look tremendously great against East Carolina. They had to block three kicks in that game, return one of them for a touchdown, and then they had a window-dressing touchdown to win 35-13. If you didn't watch that game on Friday, if you were Black Friday shopping or something else was going on, and you didn't sit down and watch the the, the you know the Purple Pirates uh, take their swing there at the Bearcats, you don't really know how that game was. Cincinnati was not as dominant in that game as that final score on the ticker does. And shame on Luke Fickle, by the way, for what he did. I thought it was disgraceful scoring there at the end. Didn't need to do it. Cost me on a teaser, by the way, CJ, so I'm kind of pissed about it. But anyway. Well, that's man, the only reason you're mad about it. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, you know, no timeout, though, man. East Carolina had no timeouts. There was a minute. There was a minute and change to go. You got the ball down on the eighth. You could have needed out and been respectful. But no, you had to make sure you put it in the zone. Granted, you obviously you don't want to get left out, but it's not like that has any effect on anything. The eye test is still the eye test, and your resume is still the resume. Shame on him for putting that touchdown in there at the end. I thought it was disgraceful. Kind of makes me want to get Cincinnati next year in Morgantown big time and just put a, a whooping on them. Yeah, no. I, I, no, Ritter, it'll happen too. Yeah, I, I'm not in disagreement with you on that. Um, you and I talked about that after the fact. Um it wasn't a whole lot of disagreement. You know, I, I watched the game. I unfortunately was unable to, to attend it, even though I'm here in Greenville. Um, but, no, I, I'm with you. I, I didn't like that either. Um, at this point, just just get out with a win. Um, and, and give East Carolina a ton of credit. I mean, they they fought hard. Mm-hmm. That, a lot, lot of emotional charge in that stadium. Um, so, I mean, it'll be a little different for the – conference title game obviously yeah, the game being at Nippert's a huge deal there I think that's one thing that really plays in Cincinnati's factor Houston while it is a good defensive team potentially some pretty cold weather uh, that that could play a little role there and although it's, and, it, and it's and it's Dana there, right? yeah but we're also talking about Dana in a championship slash big time game 
Yeah, yeah, we've we've seen that we've seen that we, script we've, a few times before. Yeah, we yeah we've seen this script. But let me you ask you: this. around there, CJ. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's one other real squirrely thing that could happen, and I'm and I want to bring it up, and I'll I'll eat a little crow here at the top of it. I've been down on Michigan pretty much all year. Yeah, you better eat crow. Okay, Go ahead. keep rolling. They, they they dominate Ohio State, won that game convincingly. I sat here watching oh, it, impressed. Yeah. With the way they played, um, offensively, yeah, I mean, through, offense, through, defense, special teams, screen. yeah, I mean, they they were the better team, um, you know, and it was kind of surreal. They were flashing back to the last time they beat Ohio State was 2011, and I've got my son sitting here watching it with me, reminding me the entire time Blaine was right, Blaine was right, Blaine was right. <laughs> Because you know he, he you had, had to, a, you had to hate that you you closet Ohio State fan. Ah, uh, not a closet Ohio State. Fan. Uh don't give me that. But um, closet ride so, day fan so, at least. So yeah, my son Timothy is an avid listener of ours. Um, and matter of fact, he actually listened to us record the pick'em. So he knew. Um, he knew. He he knew. He knew. And they showed that 2011, and he goes, "Dad, I wasn't even born yet." <laughs> and it's just like, holy crap! And I'm like my girls were less than a month old. Like this is insane. So in a rivalry that big, it had been that long. Yeah. It is crazy to think that is, that is crazy. So I'll eat, I'll eat the crow on that. But what happens if they come out in the big 10 championship game with a letdown and Iowa finds a way? Oh, it's, it's entirely possible, but time out. You're not done eating crow yet. Um, do you know the last coach at Michigan to win versus Ohio state? Brady hope. 2011. And do you remember who was the interim? We know who it was. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle that year, right? So, like, it kind of comes full circle. And I'm going to tell you this real quick, CJ. When I saw Saturday morning the snow flurries flying in Ann Arbor, and you saw some of those game day pieces about how this one's big for Jim, this one's big for Coach Harbaugh, and you just feel like, man, those Michigan kids – they had, they wanted that more than they wanted to breathe air that day. And you just knew, like, Ohio State hadn't been in that moment in that arena that often this year. And they were shell-shocked by the moment. And Michigan just kept hitting them in the mouth. And, like, I'll tell you this, the first drive of the second half when they scored so easily to make it 21-13 on, like, what, three plays, and they got the ball back, you said, yep, this is going to get interesting in the second half. And it did. Oh, no, it absolutely did. And, um, you know, the game opened up the way they would have wanted it to. You know, a drive, you punch it in the end zone, really got that place kind of kind of going. Um, and hell, if they wouldn't have got picked off the end zone, it might have been even more of a runaway there on that second drive, if you remember that, CJ. Yeah, because um, that, that was a big play for Ohio State to kind of stem the momentum and, and get them some life back. But it just at the end, I mean, it, they never really kind of were able to really capture that you felt like and really kind of run with it um yeah and i don't know what was in the weather michigan man michigan stayed in there in east lansing it was coming down in buckets too i was kind of like kind of glad i'm a little south that was a great (laughs) (laughs) i feel you that was great some great snow football up there in the uh up there up north there on saturday man And, and you can even see penn state's jerseys i mean it was that was a fantastic game. And we'll talk a little bit about the Spartans here later on. This is Sparta! But, man, I, I'll tell you this. tell you this, CJ, too. You bring up the point about Michigan this week. And I am nervous for him. I am nervous for him. 
Iowa is definitely a game opponent with a good defense that's got nothing to lose, right? Now, granted, I will say this. I think Iowa, they're a ten and a half point dog for a reason, right? I mean, they don't run the ball well. They've kind of been winning on smoke and mirrors all year. I mean, you think about how they beat Nebraska the other day. A blocked punt and a safety and, you know, and all and had to get a pick off at the end zone again against a backup quarterback to hold off a three and eight team that had lost their six straight by less than ten points. I I don't know. Oh, oh no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think Michigan should win but that they, game. But, but you're right. But, but you're right. Iowa is good enough though to pull this off, I think, if Michigan's not ready. Yeah, my question is: is just what do you have left emotionally and mentally? But but you're after but, that after after finally getting that monkey off your back and getting Harbaugh that big signature win. And like, CJ, what while, do you have left? While I agree with you on that point about what do you have emotionally, what do you have left? I think you have everything to play for. I mean, you're playing for a Big Ten championship. You're playing for a berth in the college football playoff. You're playing for a national championship. I mean, hell. No one, and like I told you, and I know we, you know, we brought that. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to toot the horn, but I am going to say this real quick. What did we say a couple weeks ago? I said Michigan's going to be the team no one's talking about right now that we're going to be talking about a month from now. Because man, if they play like they did against Ohio State, the next two games they will play for the national championship against Georgia. No, and 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 I and I don't disagree with you. I mean, like I said, you you can't deny what jumped off the screen if you watch that game Saturday, which I'm sure that that game drew a huge number. But like, that's just my only real concern right now is because we are talking about eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids. And Wait, hey, CJ, one quick question though, and I know you're talking about that. You've been giving the Georgia group a ton of credit all year. Is it not fair to maybe say this Michigan group? rebounding from the loss against Michigan State the way they did and kind of just the the pure emotion that they that they had against Ohio State and playing and playing for coach Harbaugh that maybe they're a special group too yeah and that and that's all impossible and then that's all possible because it could be the one thing that galvanized them like you know I know you and I you know kind of off air had had the conversation you know about Georgia with Bama circled right after they beat Clemson they've had it circled they've probably had it circled much longer than that mm-hmm. given the fact that they lost a walk a national championship game on a walk-off you know to Tua right you know and this is their first time to really line up against them since so you're right that may have been the galvanizing point in the year for them where they got together as a group and said and- no more you know what, CJ, great point on that. But also say this, the point you just made is interesting too because Michigan's game they had circled was Ohio State. It wasn't Iowa. It wasn't this Big Ten championship game. It was definitely Ohio State, right? So I get where you're coming from with the emotional letdown possibility. But now, granted, that brings up a lot of interesting point, right? Because if Michigan were to lose, let's say Michigan were to lose. And then let's just say Bama loses as well. And let's say Cincinnati loses. Hmm. Man, I mean, obviously, Michigan State moves up into the rankings for sure. Or, excuse me, not Michigan State, Oklahoma State. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, and then what happens, man? A Notre Dame with a with a no interim coach gets in. The, uh, I mean, well, that that opens the door for Oregon if they're able to, you know, like dominate Can Ohio, Utah. Can Ohio but, State go anywhere but Pasadena to the Rose Bowl right now? 
it'd be tough. But here'd be let, let's throw one more little monkey wrench in with your scenario. What happens if Oklahoma State loses too? Well, Baylor for sure is in. Like it gets really squirrely at that point. But I that that to me is just like a calamity of errors coming together. And I just it's possible, CJ. It's college football and it's the final week of the season, man. We have seen true. crazier things happen in this game. True. Um, that 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 is and fair. we have a lot of fun talking Sunday with Quincy and the boys on that one. Yeah, I mean, that that that's fair. I, I just I don't know. I I don't think chalk is gonna hold because obviously I think Bama's gonna lose, but I, I and I and I don't necessarily I think even if Michigan doesn't have their A effort, I think they're better than Iowa. They're a more complete well, team. Georgia obviously moves into Georgia still stays in the top four if that scenario that we just brought up occurs. So that's another team in for sure. Correct. Yes. I mean it's like I said, it, it could get squirrely. I would just be really surprised if it got really squirrely. CJ, before we kind of start breaking down the New Year's six and possibilities there, because I do want to hit on that. Do you see any way possible that Georgia is not is not going to be um, punching a ticket into the college football playoff Sunday? I, I don't think I do. I don't think I do, but I think I think there is a small one percent, at least one percent chance if they get curb stomped on Saturday that they find themselves out of it. it it's slim. Well, for Bama to score more points than everyone has all season on them? I mean, that's what it's going to take, right? Yeah, I mean, it, w- it would take Bama winning by, you know, 28 to 32 to, to do that, which I don't think is going to happen. Like I said, it, it's a slim 1% chance, but I, I at this point, they're as close to a lock as being in this as you can get. Yeah, I think Statistically. you're – yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't just their resume and their their whole body of work just speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we kind of hit on everybody who could be in the four. I mean, based off scenarios. So let's let's get in here real quick. Um, and man, CJ, you know one thing we haven't talked about yet. We've been on this thing for 26 minutes, but man, how about Lincoln Riley? Just jumping ship, um, and and gonna make the Pac-12 championship a lot more interesting here over the next few years. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and it was one of those things that at first I didn't understand it, and then as I kind of marinated on it, it it's it made a ton of sense. I don't. What it tells me is that OU and Texas are going to be in the SEC before 2024. Oh, I think it's 2023 when that contract. Uh, terminates there with cbs i don't think there's any question about that they're going to renegotiate and that's when it's going to happen well i i think they're already negotiating the buyout and they're done that's personally what i think to see him jump but here's the other thing i and it and it kind of i was thinking on i was res, you know really resonating on it and um you know the guys on another podcast the three guys podcast were kind of saying it too is you and Colin Cowherd, I think, made this point, too. You went from Oklahoma, which is a good job, right? But going to the SEC makes it financially harder. You went from being probably one of the top two programs in the conference to now being five. You're now coaching against Saban and Smart and Mark Stoops and Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. Like, all of a sudden, you found yourself in the middle of the pack, 
where you can go to the mm-hmm. Pac-12 and you got to contend with Oregon and like, Utah and Utah, but he's already, he's going to go to a place where he's already been mining and recruiting. Like he's been recruiting Southern Florida now for the last three years. Now, yeah, he's in California, right? Yeah. And now he's in their backyard. It, it to me, it makes sense. Plus you read the incentives and the deal that he got. Good God almighty. But yeah. there were very few jobs that you could leave Oklahoma for that you would classify as maybe better or better opportunities. Absolutely. Like that that window is really small. And I think he made the best decision for him. And also what it tells me too, is when Oklahoma was doing this conversational thing, he wasn't involved. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. And I don't think it sat well with him. No. And, and, and let's be real this year with the whole kind of the way the fans have been going against Spencer Rattler. He, and, he saw and, the writing on the yeah, wall. Like, he's done everything there that you could ask him to do. And that makes it kind of an interesting time to maybe jump ship. Yeah. And, and I think the, the days of, you know, guys like, you know, Don Neal and Bill Snyder, those days are gone. I don't agree with that, CJ. I, I, I just, I think they're gone. Brian Kelly's probably, I mean, Brian Kelly was, built for that Notre Dame job and now yeah, he's leaving. Brian Kelly got $95 million. True. I think but, there are coaches that will hang around places and be there a long time. Let's be I, real I about think it's going to, I think you both, me think you both are not Lincoln Riley guys. Um, to be fair, I think Lincoln Riley is a little, a little bit spoiled. I mean, you could kind of give the, uh, the quote that Jim Harbaugh gave about Ryan day, the whole, you know, born on third and thought you hit a triple. I mean, he got a pretty good deal there from uh, from Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, and now he's going to face adversity. And he ran the first sign of it. Just going to say that. I think it's a fair statement. No, I I think it is a fair statement, but I think if you're Lincoln, I think it's it, it's a smart move. Um, oh, I'd agree, smart move, you know, but, I, it, but I, it's I also think, a chicken I, shit move as well when you have one of the best programs in the country, and you could have maybe faced the challenge. Yeah, and and that's all impossible. But I mean, Oklahoma's going to hit a home run. They're going to go get somebody. I mean, let's not be, you know, let's not you know boohoo for Oklahoma. But um, you know, for me, I actually kind of like it too as a college football fan because now you got the opportunity for the Pac-12 to be a little bit relevant again. Absolutely, but more, more it, Pac-12 after dark that really matters. Yeah, yeah, and and here's the other interesting thing too is 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 there's a deal that had two deals that happened that really set the market for a lot of this because you're looking at these these deals and the money and it's stupid is Franklin gets 75 million from Penn State to stay which okay fine but then Mel Tucker gets 95 from Michigan State and with all due fairness prove to me done shit worth, to get that yeah prove to me how he's worth that where you've got a guy in Lincoln Riley who can go dude I've won my league 5 years in a row uh, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. to the playoff twice. Makes it pretty difficult, right? Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't love the move from the competitive standpoint, but from a self preservation coaching standpoint, I get it. Yeah, I'd agree. And enough Lincoln Rally talk because the man cannot cook a brisket, and maybe he's right to go out <laughs> to Southern California now because the SEC wasn't going to put up with it. The Big Twelve was not happy with it anyway. And the SEC was sure as hell not going to put up with it. So go out in Southern California, have your fish tacos, and uh, fight on there in the Coliseum. But let's talk about CJ real quickly. You know, we were talking about the Pac-12 and Lincoln Riley. Obviously, I think the winner of that title game Friday cements their trip 
to the Rose Bowl, that's the one team from this league that gets a, a New Year's Six bid, correct? Uh, yes, if they're not involved in the playoff, they do get to keep their Pac-12. Oh, I, no, I'm, I'm not asking you. I'm just saying that's the only team. You don't see any chance oh, that no, Oregon no, – no. Yeah, no. I agree. I, no, unless and, there's complete massive chaos and you know the yeah. world swallows everybody else up. Yeah, and, and I and honestly think it's in more than likely you're going to see the, the Pac-12 champ, obviously, Friday facing against Ohio State. I don't think there's any really – way unless Ohio State backdoors their way into this thing, that they are not going to be representing the Big Ten as an at-large berth for the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl out there in Pasadena. Don't think there's any way. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting because you're going to end up with Ohio State with a potential rematch against Oregon um, or a matchup with Utah, which that actually is the one I'd like to see. I think that'd be a – to me, that's the one I'm rooting for because I think that'd be a pretty pretty good game. Watching, watching a Utah-Ohio State game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like that too. I'd love to see that instead of seeing a rematch of, of Ohio State, Oregon. I, to me, I've seen that once this year. I don't really want to see it again. I'm being honest. We've we've seen that before, right? Like, I'm okay. Um, see, it is interesting though to point up one quick point though, because if Michigan were to lose, obviously Michigan probably at that point in time would get this slot. No, actually they wouldn't. Iowa would get that slot because I was not going to get one otherwise. Michigan yeah, would probably fall. Yeah, Michigan would probably fall somewhere into the pecking order there. Probably, if you're a Big Ten conference purist guy and you really want that, your best bet's probably to have Michigan lose. You don't get in the playoff, but you get three teams into the New Year's Six more than likely. Because I figure Ohio State still goes. I imagine Michigan still gets a bid with what they just did, and then Iowa will get your your Rose Bowl bid. So, you know, you obviously want to be in the playoff for that conference, but you know that might get you more teams involved in the big six yeah because in the new year six the sugar bowl has the sec big 12 rose bowl no, but it doesn't that not necessarily doesn't have to happen that way though it, it doesn't but that's kind of what i think they're still wanting to do the rose bowl and the sugar bowl when this whole playoff thing entered, that's kind of what they wanted to keep um, one, in their one, non-rotation years. One thing, CJ, we are seeing a pretty good chance of is Notre Dame's going to go to the Fiesta. Yeah, Notre Dame and the Fiesta probably and more than likely against the ACC champion. See, I'm also reading that the Peach Bowl looks like the ACC champion um, versus like Ole Miss or Michigan State. Um, yeah, see it out. Yeah, it's, and it, it depends because you but, have but that, and you also have the Peach Bowl, possibly it's, a Big Ten versus yeah. SEC. It's, so it, it's, it, yeah, it's it's going to end up being a situation where Ole Miss or uh, Ole Miss is going to get one of those bursts, right? Alabama is probably going to get one of those bursts. And then George is going to get one. So yeah, and the Peach Bowl I think ends up making the most sense for Ole Miss um, because it's close. You, you, you got to think the bowl folks are going to want them somewhat close to home, to make it a little easier on the travel. Um, now Ole Miss will travel, but I think if you're an Old Miss fan, the Peach Bowl I think is probably a better fit. Well, I think if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I want the Peach Bowl because I want to take one, hopefully, the ACC champ, which would probably be the last team in the pecking order um, this year in terms of a bowl berth, I'd imagine. Um, so you'd probably be better off in a more winnable game versus old Kenny Pickett or 
uh, Sam Hartman awake, man. I mean, I think those would be fun games, but I'll take my chances any day of the week if I'm uh, if I'm lane trained versus those guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could possibly see that. I mean, maybe even a Big Ten team. Um, yeah, just depending on how that that shakes out. But I mean, um, there's a lot of talk for Sparty still. Yeah, there's good. still a lot of lot a lot of talk for Sparty. Who knows? Um, you know, I've God seen everywhere knows. from Fiesta to also the Peach as well for them. So could could yeah. happen. And, and one matchup I've seen that I think would be a little intriguing is a potential Sugar Bowl matchup: Bama, oh, Oklahoma State. Oh man, that'd be that would be a wild one, CJ. Although I'll be honest, both those teams hope that doesn't happen because correct, that, yeah, both of those have bigger aspirations. Now that if that happens, if Bama, if Bama and Oklahoma State are in in, in that game, that essentially means that Cincinnati for sure got in. That means that. Georgia obviously won. Michigan won. And then does that mean Notre Dame? Or does that mean Baylor? Like, ugh, see, I don't not necessarily I want to see that. I don't want to see Oklahoma State and Bama face off in that game. Let's put it that way. No, if anything, I, let us let it be the playoff game. Let it be a, a two yeah, versus three. Yeah, no, I mean that could potentially be like a Bama Baylor, maybe. It, see, and that's where it gets a little squirrely too for the Sugar Bowl because if the Big Twelve champ ends up in the playoff, then that becomes an at-large bid. Yeah, from my understanding of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, CJ, real quick here too. I mean, we we kind of went over all the different types of matchups and stuff. Cincinnati's kind of the linchpin and kind of a wild card in all of this, correct? Because if Cincinnati goes to the playoff, obviously the group of five Bolberth goes away. Um, which is partly why this is the way it is. So let's say Cincinnati loses. Who gets that bid? Does Cincinnati still get the bid? Does Houston get the bid? Does BYU get the bid? What happens there? I'm very intrigued to see if Cincinnati were to lose. Who would who would be the group of five uh, representative in in the New Year Six? I think it's a very intriguing question. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would then come down to maybe how far you drop Cincinnati, and some of that may depend on, you know, how that loss goes. I was looking here, and actually Action Sports Network right now, the way they're predicting it is Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma State. Those are your four in. Um, I, I tend to agree with Action with Baylor and Bama in the Sugar Bowl. That'd be a fun one. Ohio State, Utah in the Rose Bowl, Notre Dame, Michigan State Fiesta, and Old Miss Pitt in the Peach Bowl. Could get down with those games. Uh, yeah, I could very, very easily get down with those. But, yeah, if Cincinnati were to lose that, that does get kind of interesting. And I think a lot of that would depend maybe on how far they drop because for that it's the highest rank that then gets consideration for that at large. Right, which Cincinnati more than likely still would be the highest rank because yeah, I BYU think... doesn't have a game. Yeah, Houston's BYU 21. Be... But let me yeah. ask this question there real quick. If Houston were to win, like they beat you on the field, they're the conference champs. How do they not immediately leapfrog over Cincinnati to get that berth? They lost to Texas Tech. The first game of the season, they've won every game since. They beat you on your home field. I mean, I don't think – I think that's kind of a no-brainer, right? 
Yeah, maybe, but that's a that's a big jump. I mean, you're talking about at that point Houston moving. I mean, you'd essentially have to move Houston ten to twelve spots and but drop Cincinnati five to six. Let's be honest there, real quick. I mean, Clemson's not playing. San Diego State is playing. Um, NC State's not playing. Oklahoma's not playing. BYU's not playing. Michigan State's not playing. And you have a win over number the number four team in the country on their home field. That would mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, it would, but here's my only issue is if you go with the committee and their resume, Houston's resume is not any better than Cincinnati's, even though they'd have to win over them. But Houston, well, I mean, Cincinnati would have Notre Dame, but what's Notre Dame really mean? Well, I mean, you're still going to have them in the top seven. Based off reputation alone. Right. Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, I, I'll give you that. But, I mean, Houston, let's see, I was looking through their schedule, played one power five school and lost. Right. Texas Tech, game one. Okay. Then you have wins over Houston, Grambling, Navy, Tulsa, Tulane, Eastern Carolina. Okay. SMU's probably maybe a good win, but then Southern Florida in a game where you probably shouldn't have been that close. Temple, Memphis, U- UConn. Uh, like, I'm, I'm staring at their schedule going, eh, I don't see a whole lot of yay there. Like, no, and, and, and I agree with you, CJ. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to no, try no, and I, buck no, you on it, but I I, where you're coming from on that. It's just, and then the other part of me is, well, but what Cincinnati Dana, had though, buddy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I, I don't want to see Dana in the New Year's Six. I want to see Dana playing sometime around December 24th. That's where he belongs, right? <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, and we could get into that more often. We could get into that more, but CJ, I don't feel like it's worth any more breath. No, but, I'm, I, no, I, but I mean, I understand where you're, where you're coming from on that, um, but I, I still think – even with a loss, Cincinnati would still be the highest-ranked group of five, putting them in that at-large bid. I just don't understand it, though. I think that would be kind of a garbagey decision by the committee, well, considering they just comes... lost on their home field to that team. I mean, that would Co- be kind of correct. weak. Would it correct, not? and that's and that's where it comes back, and we talked about it for a couple of weeks, that it took Houston that long to get into the rankings. That's, that's a good point. But, CJ, you just read me off Houston's wins. What does Cincinnati have? Well, I mean, well, I mean, they've got the win at South Bend, which we obviously know. I mean, and I'm not saying their schedule is great either, but they do have another Power Five win, which is Indiana on the road. Come on, CJ, that's a two, two in Indiana. I understand that, but that's still a Power Five win. Power Five, my ass, two and ten. It's Power Five conference win. That's come on, man. You're better than that. You're better than that to bring that to an argument. Well, I, I'm not – okay, but here's my thing is I'm not arguing that it's a great win, good win. I'm not – that's not my argument. My argument is – A 2-10 and 10 Indiana win means something to this committee over – over, over over. that's why you put them in over a team that just beat you on the field in your home, in your home stadium on the last game of the season. No based way. Off, 
based off of what they said a couple of years ago? Yeah, you have to. Oh, come on, man. No, wait, wait, wait. I understand where you're coming from, and I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate with you. Well, obviously, but, I know that, but I mean, come but on. But what I'm saying is, is they came out with a group of fives a couple of years ago when it was Houston and said, we need you to play power five outside the conference. They didn't put any stipulations on it. They just said, play teams out of the power five. And to be fair, Indiana was great last year, right? But I mean, come on, man. I mean, okay. But here's my thing then is, and it comes back to this argument though. And it's on, and it, and it goes to the committee's favor is Notre Dame plays a bunch of power five, but they play the low end of the power five in the conference. They don't pick on the heavyweights. No, they definitely didn't this year. They usually don't. And it, and it's worked out for them. So what I'm saying is, is if you're going to give Notre Dame that kind of love, Cincinnati then off off of what they've shown us then still deserves the same. I'm not uh, saying it's accurate or it's right. I'm just – that's kind of where you have to fall with that I argument. Just, I just don't get how two teams can have the same record on the field. One team beats that other team on the field in the last week on their home field and we can make the argument that the one team deserves the birth over the other. I mean, come on, man. No, I mean, I'm, no, I'm, I'm completely with you. Um, and I agree with you. I just, to me that, that you'd be jumping, jumping Houston, a huge way to do that. Now, if the committee would do that, then I think they'd be falling on the sword and saying, Hey, we screwed up on Houston. We didn't recognize them for how good they have been. But when's the committee ever shown you the ability to do a Mayakoba? Well, I mean, uh, you're kind of right about that. I think, though, you've got to look at the BYU situation. And you got to think maybe neither one of them get it and you slide BYU in there instead. That's probably the more logical outcome if if Cincinnati doesn't, if for all of that, um, I, I wouldn't agree with it either, but I don't know if it would be as egregious as still putting Cincinnati over Houston. What if San Diego State absolutely runs Utah State and that that scenario happens? Do the Aztecs have an opportunity to play in there? Uh, they're they're going to put themselves at a shot for it. That's interesting, though, man. I mean, it's a there's no doubt that um, you know. Interesting things can happen, CJ. My, my, only, my only thing with that one would be is Houston would have the argument that they've got a better win where because they're beating the number three ranked team, whereas San Diego State and San Diego State beat a team that's not in the rankings. Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. at that point in time, I think you got to go Houston anyway. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Just I, I'm telling you from what I have seen out of the committee and heard where I think they lean. Not that I agree with it, just kind of how I see that playing out. Yeah, and I, and I think that's probably a fair assessment. Um, and then again, they probably have some reasons to feel, still think that a Cincinnati earns that birth. But, man, we, like we said, CJ, we could talk about that till the cows come home. Um, what a great weekend of college football it's going to be. We'll be excited to talk rankings on Sunday, kind of break down the New Year's Six games. Maybe uh, hopefully at that Time. We'll just kind of rapid fire as bowl games are popping out, you know, and popping out right and left. We'll kind of give a little bit of a breakdown of some of those while we're even talking about the playoffs. Um, 
But man, it yeah, should we'll, be a great, we'll have, great weekend. We'll, yeah, we'll have breaking news coverage as, as, as the podcast rolls. Um, love it when you guys join us, man. Last last Tuesday night of the year, buddy. It's been fun. It it has been um, winding down, uh, getting ready to roll into bowl season. Basketball, like you just mentioned, is is up and running and uh, getting ready to really kind of pick up steam as we hit December. So it, it's going to be a be a fun fun month here with the bowl games, basketball, and then we just roll right on into the craziness that is basketball and conference scheduling. And CJ, I'll tell you what, the porch gets real cold this time of year. We have to go inside a little more often than we'd like. Um, but we braved it tonight, man. It was still cold out there, but we braved it. Uh, won't be too many more where we where we go out on the porch. The porch is about to shut down for the for the winter potentially. Just to let you know, man. <laughs> we we come inside little fireside chats, uh, talking hoops in the winter. But man, always always fun, CJ. Thanks for joining me, brother. And uh, man, you know, going going to be an amazing weekend in college football. We can't wait for you to join us for a. Uh, for a little pick and pod uh, that we'll try and drop out there for the folks Friday morning. So till next time, y'all take it easy and uh, prepare yourselves because the weekend that storm is brewing as we speak till next time, take it easy. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. <laughs>